This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum and the Ten Society. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Cut Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD. Hey, Bo. Good evening, man. Man, how are you doing tonight, sir? I, I'm I'm good. You know, it, it, this is an insane season. <laughs> it is an insane season. We mentioned it last episode, it but uh, right now, of course, the, uh, the the shop is going through a transitional pay- That's phase. That's right. And so to some extent, the show is as well, at least in terms of, you know, kind of our recording schedule and uh, when we're able to record and and what that means for, uh, for those that usually tune in live. Uh, as we mentioned last week, uh, you'll be able, you know, once we know for a fact when the live show is coming back, we'll, you know, blast it out on Twitter. We'll blast it out on Facebook. We'll put up a YouTube talking head. We'll get, we will make sure that you are aware when we return and it hopefully will be a fun time even for those that have never tuned in for a live show for them to kind of oh, that's right maybe check it out and see what's up yeah uh, but for those of you that are just listening on the podcast or or you know that's your primary way of getting us that you will have noticed that's, nothing that's really changed everything it's all the same yeah and it's it's all good but uh but one way or the other y'all be be praying for john david cole <laughs> <laughs> sanity i could i could use a little bit yeah man it's uh it's insane you know it, it's been a lot of fun but you know getting into our new shop now kind of getting stuff organized and rearranged and um you know stuff on the wall you know figuring out where you think you want something and then deciding you don't and then doing it again you know it's just uh <laughs> it's just just kind of nuts but we're uh I mean, we're getting settled and and really uh really happy yeah really happy well, you know, in the uh, in the midst of everything that's going on, we thought, you know, this would be a, a fun opportunity to, to maybe do a special episode, bring in a special guest. I actually had the opportunity to speak with Mike Murphy, and man, it's such a great interview. Let's just jump right into it. Well, joining me now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know him, we love him, Mr. Mike Murphy. Mike, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much. You know him, you love him. I love that intro. It's the best I've ever had. <laughs> it's, a, it's it's the way it's the way we love to do it, man. But, uh, but yeah, uh, of course the uh, the Pipe and Tamper podcast, uh, a show that uh, you know uh, relatively new. Where, where are y'all at with your numbers? Yeah, we're gonna we're creeping up on seventeen on this Sunday. So yeah, we are re- relatively new. I started this thing a couple years ago, actually, then about out of it due to. You know, personal reasons, and then jump back into it. Sounds like I'm a flaky guy, huh? I'm really not. I'm really not a flaky guy. But yeah, we're we're at 16 now. With uh, have an episode with Morgan Pipes featuring Chris Morgan, and we're creeping up on 17. So yeah, new but having a blast doing it. Yeah, man. And uh, you know, it's a, a really well produced show. You know, uh, a couple episodes back, you you sent us some uh, a kind message and. Uh, and which we read on the show, and and you know, I, I think I, I gave you props there, uh, di- you know, uh, vicariously, but but let me give you props to your to, to your face, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> man, you put on a great show and uh, uh, really really well produced, and something that everybody in the in the pipe community should check out. Uh, let, let's talk about you and your pipe journey, though. Um, when did you when did you start smoking a pipe? I'm relatively a new pipe smoker, and uh, it was early 2016. So prior to picking up a pipe, I smoked a cigar for. For roughly 20 years, um, I had a friend living in San Francisco, went over to his place one day, and, you know, the whole cigar boom in the mid-90s happened. And sure. he turned me on to a couple of cigars. I go, hey, I kind of like these. So I did that for 20 years. And uh, coincidentally enough, the same guy I call and says, hey, I'm getting tired of cigars. They're a little harsh, and I'm want to try something new. Have you ever smoked a pipe? He says, yes. So he turned me on to doc- uh, Dr. Grabo. Don't laugh. Um <laughs> So, you know, I went on to Amazon early 2016, bought a Dr. Graybo uh, and went to the local drugstore around the corner here and bought some really bad dried out Captain Black 
uh, tobaccos and had an absolutely horrible experience with it. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you got kind of uh, the the various ingredients for not necessarily the most pleasant experience. You said he kind of got you into it. What was what was kind of the pull? Um, really, it was me just tired of smoking the the cigar and me wanting to try something different and something new. And you know, my dad used to smoke a pipe years ago, but he wasn't an influencer on me with that. So I had no real influencers when it came to picking up the pipe. It was just me wanting to try something new. And I hated that pipe. I hated it. And it took me, this is before I realized that there was such a big community online in particular uh, in the YouTube uh, so, sort of um, social media. And it took me a couple weeks and I finally packed the bowl right and it smoked okay. So there was a big success for me, you know, about two weeks into first trying a pipe. Man. All right. So what would you say is kind of the first pipe that you smoked that you're like, actually, you know what? This is the one right here. All right. So the first real pipe I bought after Dr. <laughs> was actually, it was a big bin. It was a big bin bore green and it's uh, you know, a little nose warmer bulldog. And I bought all kinds of new tobaccos to go with it as well. And you know, the, the, the whole tobacco journey is strange because there's so much out there as it is. And it's like being in a candy store, right? When you're a kid and you got a dollar and all the candies cost a penny each, you just don't know what to buy. And uh, you don't know whether you're going to like it or hate it. But I went through that sort of phase really early on, as many of us do when we first pick up a pipe to smoke it. And I learned real quick, I do not like fruity aromatics because they smell amazing. Hmm. But they don't smoke that way. They don't smoke or taste anything like they smell. In most cases, I'm sure that there are some fruity uh, aromatics that actually deliver on that sort of tin note. Yeah, for for my money, uh, you're right. The the fruity the fruitier aromatics are kind of like a I hate to say even like a bait and switch. Or you think it smells one way, it ends up tasting a different way. But what I found in terms of aromatics, especially like the uh, rum or liqueur uh, flavored tobaccos, tend to actually match you know, flavor to, um, to smell that that's, that's been my experience. Yeah. Same here, actually. And those are oddly enough, the, the aromatics that I tend to enjoy the most, um, light vanillas, vanilla creams, uh, whiskey, rum, and those things, as long as they're not too sweet, but the, the sweetness has to be there for me, for me to be even remotely interested in smoking them. So, uh, so you said that was how long ago that you picked up uh, that the, the good pipe? It, it was about <laughs> yeah, the good pipe. Yeah, I went pipe crazy after that. It was about two and a half years. Um, close, about two and a half years ago, yeah. Yeah, and I've since bought a few other pipes. So, But the, the Big Ben Borg Green was – really, I think Big Ben is a, a very highly underrated pipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, you know, they're made real well. They smoke real well. They, they look great. Most of them do anyway. But yeah, that was uh, about two and a half years ago on that. Gotcha. And in the two and a half years, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how many uh, how many have you acquired in your collection? Um, my wife's in the other room, so I could probably say this. <laughs> I don't know, maybe about fifty pipes. Oh wow! Yeah. You know, this is one of those hobbies where you're either you're in knee deep or you're just tipping your toes in. And I seem to be in knee deep. And fifty pipes over that period, I think that's pretty rational. And <laughs> listen to me. I think no, I think that's 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 respectable. I think um, that's a good that's that's a good healthy love, right? Like you know, if you you, you have a couple hundred, and you know you, your wife's going to start finding them. But, but if you got a couple hundred in two years, you might have to see a psychologist or something. <laughs> and I don't smoke all those pipes. I I have these. I, I go through these sort of rotations i have generally about 12 to 14 pipes in my smoking rotation and um, i put the other ones away and then you know go back to them and rotate them i'm always 
smoking a different pipe per se. Yeah, no, I, I get that. We, um, I think right now, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I always end up being kind of surprised that I have more pipes than I think I have. Gosh, when we started the podcast, I think I had maybe four pipes, and I thought, you know what, this is really good. This is, you know, I've got a, I've got a nice church warden, I've got my straight billiard pipe, I got kind of a good deep bend with a large bowl, and then I had a uh, a travel pipe, uh, which was a, a kind of a beautiful beautiful rusticated uh, saddle bit pipe. And so yeah. I thought, you know, I'm I'm good. And the funny thing is, I think like uh, maybe a couple of years ago, somebody asked me how many pipes. I was like, oh, you know, I got like you know maybe maybe six. And then I go and count. I'm like, oh no, I I got like 25. How did that happen? <laughs> you know, just just not even paying attention. It just ended up uh, kind of creeping up on me. It does creep up on you. It re- it really does, and you just don't realize that it's doing that until you you know a couple of years have gone by and you're sort of going through your thing. Same with tobaccos. You know, you have way more tobaccos than you could ever remotely go through. In, in even if you're smoking three or four bowls a day, it's and you got fifty different blends put away. That's a lot of tobacco. Absolutely. Well, and, and like you said, you don't you end up not necessarily even smoking all the pipes you have. I, I'm the same way. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. I think in, in almost every single room of my house that's not dominated by my kids, which is becoming less and less on a, on a daily basis. That's normal. Yeah. Um, there, there's, there's a pipe and that's just kind of like my own, like, Oh, that's, that's daddy's pipe right there. And and so the same thing actually, even in my, my office and as I'm looking in the recording studio right now, even here, uh, there's like a pipe in every single room because I just love the art of the pipe and I love the functionality of it to know like, Oh, you know, Hey, this is a, you know, it's, it's a nice conversation starter in almost any situation to kind of discuss it. Like, Oh yeah, I love pipes. I love talk pipe talk. Let me talk about it. Um, but I've always been a little bit more inclined and in kind of, you know, for the love of the art form of the pipe. Whereas of course, John David is much more of a kind of a tobacco nerd and, and kind of getting into that aspect of the industry. Uh, where, where do you fall on the spectrum? So to speak, are you more of like a pipe fan? Or are you more of like a tobacco fan? I think I fall right in the middle, to be perfectly honest with you. I know I'm always looking for a new pipe to buy and always looking for a new pipe tobacco to smoke. Aesthetic is really important to me, as it is, I think, to most pipe smokers. But that, you know, that's not why we smoke a pipe because it, well, I guess maybe it is. In some instances, we smoke a pipe because it looks great and it's sorted to your taste and you want to look cool smoking a cool pipe, right? I mean, who are you, who are you hanging around with in order to look cool smoking <laughs> a pipe? I mean, I mean, it's, um, it's a statement. Like that's that's yeah. something that we've always subscribed to is that if you're if you're smoking a pipe, you're making a statement. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I completely agree with that. And I often ask like my guests on my podcast, and do you consider yourself an artist or a craftsman? And generally, that's right down the middle for whoever I have on, you know. And yeah. I do think uh, of and always have thought of pipes as pieces of art, Absolutely. even though the even though the the pipe carver may not think that he's creating art, but I honestly think that. He's creating art. That's good, man. So, of course, uh, you know, speaking of creating art, you've got the Pipe and Tamper podcast. Uh, you said you're uh, you're getting close to uh, the, the 17th episode coming up pretty soon. Uh, and you've been at it since uh, since earlier this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, that's correct. You kind of went kind of flirted back and forth with doing the podcast. But I, I know it's not necessarily your first podcast. What brought you into kind of the podcast world? Oh, uh, I've been podcasting for six years now, and I'm a big movie fan. So um, back in probably early, I don't know, 2011, 2000, I, I think I discovered podcasts in 2011, 2012. And oh, yeah. being a big movie fan and being someone who drives a truck for a living, I wanted to take something with me. So I started searching for like horror movie podcasts, exploitation movie podcasts, any sort of movie podcast. And there weren't a lot to choose from, believe it or not or a lot of good ones to choose from back in 2011, 2012. So sure. 
I just decided, okay, I have a couple I like. I'd like to sort of blend these two into what I would consider the perfect show. Mind you, I think if you do a podcast, you always think your show is the perfect show, which is clearly <laughs> clearly not. So I wanted to cover three genres of films. I wanted to cover action films. I wanted to cover exploitation movies. And I wanted to cover uh, horror movies, which we I just actually quit that because after six years and doing it every single week, as you know, it can become cumbersome. And it, I know, it, I guess we get, I guess I got a little burnt out on it after almost 300 episodes i hear you man look pod fade is a real real thing uh country squire radio i think is um I, in fact i don't even think it is it's the longest running podcast that i've worked on and it's it's one of the first flagship podcasts of Pottery. and uh yeah it's uh it's we we have done this show now every single week for the last uh, what four or five years without fail, and you know we we got to fight like right now. This is this is a yeah. really interesting uh, era for our show, as we've we've mentioned um, last week, and uh, and we'll continue to mention over the next couple of weeks. But with with the transition of the shop, you know if if not uh, if not for the love of of the show and the support of the listeners, we we wouldn't be able to bring the the show on a weekly basis over this next month month and a half. But um, yeah, man, it's it can be tough. It's it's. Uh, you you got to have a passion for what you're talking about, to be sure. Yeah, no doubt. And you're on this road, right? You're on this journey, and uh, the new shop is being moved into, and JD's not around. You're 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 basically the producer. I know you have a producer, but in reality, you're producing these shows, and you're the tech guy, and you're you have all the equipment and the mixers and whatnot. But it, it's tough. You want to get an episode out because that's what people expect from. Uh, country squire radio so you're scrambling right now to, to let's get some people in let's talk to them and um, by the way i appreciate you contacting me and i'm more than happy to be here I, i've been listening to you guys for a couple of years now and i love what you do and and you know that the itunes review i left was from the heart because so let's face it this is a this is an industry that's dying slowly but surely uh, i hope that it never dies but the fact of the matter is to find two guys broadcasting from an actual tobacco shop is next to impossible. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, and, and you know, you, you guys have this chemistry, right? And that's what makes your show the, what I call the gold standard. Oh man. I appreciate it. Look, you've, uh, you've tapped into something I think really special with yours as well. Uh, what, what kind of inspired you to, to make the switch from film podcasting to tobacco podcasting? Well, I think it was the addiction of the pipe and the tobacco a couple of years ago. And it became along with, because I'm a movie collector. I got 10,000 movies in my garage. So along with collecting movies, I started collecting the pipes and tobacco. And it just sort of, it consumed me more so than my love of exploitation movies. And I just decided, well, I've been doing BB and BC so long. I think it's time to, to put that to rest and start fresh, start something new. And, you know, I had experience with the podcast, of course. So that's really what inspired me to sort of make that switch and they're they're worlds apart i don't curse i don't this this pipe and tamper is a, a very much a different mike murphy right right right. no it is it is interesting um and you know obviously i've uh, uh i've existed in a couple of different worlds with with podcasting and uh you know the beautiful thing is you you do bring uh you know one thing that john david and i always have tried to do is make sure we are insanely authentic on the mic as we would be off the mic. And, uh, and that's true, but it is, it's, there's, there's different loves and different fandoms that I'm able to, to, to talk about whenever I'm on mic. And so, you know, one of the things I've 
been able to do in the past is we've got a we've got a show called Panel to Screen, which was about uh, you know the comic book movie podcast and that sort of thing. And of course, you know you know how it is. I mean, you've you've been listening. So anytime I mention anything even remotely superhero movie related, John David just rolls his eyes so far back in the head that he goes blind for a little while. <laughs> it is funny. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, it's hard to believe that someone on Earth doesn't necessarily have an interest in movies. Oh, and you know what? I, I think he, yeah, he he likes certain movies, but I feel like he is so embarrassed by his movie tastes. Uh, in terms of, <laughs> and you know, like like oldies, like you know, good classic movies, like you know, the stuff that you know our our audience would would be all for. But I think he's just, you well, know, if, if he loves the sound of music, own that. Exactly. Sound of Music is a fantastic movie. <laughs> Just own it, right? It is actually. That is a classic. Well, hey man, uh so, you know, with with your show, uh you know, you, you've been able to interview quite a few people. Do you want to name drop some and and also maybe uh who you might consider in your maybe not your favorite guests because that's a that's an awkward question to ask, but maybe some of your favorite guests that you've had on. Sure. Oh, boy. Cuz all of them are my favorite guests. So, <laughs> I love uh I love talking to tobacconists and I had Jim Simon from Hill and Hill Tobacconist on. He was a lot of fun to talk to cuz there's a lot of history in that Detroit tobacco shop. I really enjoyed talking to Nate King. Uh, he's he's got a super interesting history not only with pipe making but with indie car racing. One of my favorite sort of um carvers is Paul Menard who I own several of his pipes. I had him on, had a real uh, great time talking with him. Who else? There was uh, my recent one with, with Chris Morgan. Man, what, a, what an amazing guy and uh, incredible entrepreneur. So we have a couple of fun ones, I think, coming up too that I haven't recorded, but I guess I can let the cat out of the bag. I don't normally do yeah, that. Yeah, man, give us an exclusive. Absolutely. Well, it's not an exclusive, <laughs> trust me. It's really not. So with with Pipes and Magazine around for like, Eight years. None of these are exclusive, as you know. I have uh, your um, Clark Davis. Though, oh yeah, from uh, Tin Society coming up this Sunday, and I only drop two episodes a month. No reason to do me do this four times a month when there are two other shows doing that. So I have Clark Davis from the Tin Society coming up. I'll be talking with Grant Batson in a couple weeks, and then rounding that out, Sellers made Briar Pipes. Excellent, so, man. That's those a, are sort of immediately on my plate. So coming up, that's a fun, uh, fun group. You know, that it's a great industry. It's filled with a lot of you know uh, very thoughtful people. Uh, you know, if if you're in this industry, you really made a choice. You know what I mean? Like it's not there's no there's it, it, you know you mentioned that this industry is dying. I don't know that I would say that per se. I mean, it, it is smaller than it used to be. Uh, which is true of a lot of industries in the modern era. And as we've gone kind of more digital and uh, I know that, you know, that, that sounds kind of weird. Why, why would going digital impact the tobacco industry? Well, it, it's, it's more of a frame of mind. And so yeah. the way that a lot of industries used to be, and, and, you know, we see this in podcasting, like, so podcasting as an industry is nowhere near what, uh, say, you know, broadcast radio was, and will never grow to the point of, you know, the golden age of broadcasting, uh, or, or of uh, radio broadcasting. However, uh, it is, it is growing and will continue to grow and kind of create its own golden age in, in a way. And it doesn't negate radio. It does in some instances kind of replace it, but radio doesn't go away completely. It just evolves and changes and, and radio to some extent has become podcasting, that sort of thing. All that to say industries change, they evolve, they go through the, you know, they ebb and they flow, you know, the, the pipe tobacco industry will probably never get back to where its golden age was, 
but it's still a very exciting time to be in this industry. So if, if somebody made this choice to carve pipes, to blend tobaccos, to open a tobacco shop, to do a podcast on Bison Bite Tobaccos, you made a choice to be here. And and I think that's awesome, man. I think it's a commitment to the community of fans that uh, surround this industry and those that you know can kind of see beyond just, I'm going to pack my pipe and, and light it up. It's it's more of the community and the uh, the relationships that are formed over a, over a good bowl. Um, yeah, and 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 my statement about it being a dying industry probably was a little, sounded a little too harsh, and 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 in my heart, that's not what I meant. What I meant was you just sort of said it, you know, fifty years ago, right? You you could buy tobacco and a pipe literally in on any corner drugstore. Uh, but yeah, man. Well, so you know, great great to have you on uh, and hear a little bit about your journey. You know, we we love to ask. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't have guests on that often, but when we do, we try to ask this one question, and that is, if you could uh, have a pipe with anybody from uh, from history, any pipe smoker from history, be they alive or dead, who would that person be, and uh, and why? I'll, I'll go down. Um, I'll say Devil Ants because the guy was a rocket roller, and yeah, that's the guy I'm choosing to have a, a smoke with, and naturally I'd have a smoke and a Devil Ants with the man. So yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, all right, man. Well, uh, so again, thank you so much for coming on the show. How can people keep up with you and and learn more about your podcast? Well, you can subscribe to the podcast. Just you know, go to iTunes and make that uh, search for Pipe and Tamper, and any app you guys are all using to listen to podcasts with. Just search for Pipe and Tamper, and it'll come up. We have a website; it's pipeandtamper dot com. All of our episodes are are there. It's a no nonsense sort of website. Just click the play button on the latest episode, and you'll be able to hear who I'm chatting with. And what else? Uh, follow the show or me on Instagram pipe and tamper that's oh, it man that's good are you are you pretty active on the instagrams i am overly good active on the instagram i shouldn't be but that's, no that's that's where that's, a lot of the a lot of the conversation in the pipe world uh and the pipe carving world especially is happening on instagram i i it's to my chagrin that i i still don't fully understand it uh, i hate that i'm not you know i'm not a curmudgeon i'm all about technology <laughs> and social media and all that stuff to, to an extent but yeah I've, I've still not figured out and maybe it's because my world is audio and not visual but uh, but that's awesome. That's good. Yeah, and it's you know it's, there are a ton of uh, tools at our fingertips when it comes to social media, and it's just I try to narrow it down to one, which is Instagram. I am on Facebook, that's but good. that's just me being on Facebook to bring people onto the show, as I guess, more than anything else. So good deal. Well, again, Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll continue to, to enjoy your, your podcast and uh, and hopefully get a chance to meet up with you in uh, maybe a, a future pipe show or something. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Man, what a great interview. That was so much fun, man. Yeah, it's just good to see what else is going on out there. Yeah, yeah, but dude. And uh, man, next time, hopefully you'll be with us. I hope so. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. Of course, this... Uh, 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 you know, I, even though you, uh, we, we missed you during this uh, this interview. You know, in my head, I was thinking like, you know what? Maybe John, maybe John David. You know, he he might be up to his eyeballs and moving stuff, or maybe he's just chilling out on the porch, kicking back with a, a corn cob pipe in a pipe in his mouth. <laughs> and if that's the case, you know what he's been puffing on is a good quality corn cob pipe from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. That's right, that's right. Of course, if I am, uh, there's a really good chance it's a Missouri Meerschaum corn cob pipe. And uh, tonight we're talking about the Tom Sawyer corn cob. It's a uh, small. Uh, 
Levat style nose warmer pipe. Uh, you've got the uh, nose warmer style pipe featuring a short stem uh, and your choice of a short black bit or a short amber bit. Uh, it's a non-filtered pipe, uh, which you know a lot of folks uh, you know prefer a filtered pipe, but Missouri Meerschaum has a nice selection of both filtered and non-filtered pipes. Uh, this one is non-filtered, has a slim uh, barrel-shaped bowl with a light coating of soft yellow varnish, uh, and it's ideal for taking that 10-minute smoke break. So um, Tom Sawyer pipe, it's a just a great little handy pipe. It's a good pocket pipe. It's a, one of those smaller bowls. It's not not petite, but certainly on the smaller side, and uh, great for a for a small short smoke break and something you can put either in your pocket or your glove box. Plus, it's the classic Tom Sawyer. You got to check it out. I know, right? Yeah. And if uh, if you've got a Tom Sawyer, be sure to take a picture of yourself smoking it this week. Tweet that into us. We love to retweet that out because it's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know you appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Pipe question of the week. All right, man. We got a great pipe question in this week uh, from <laughs> Complete Pipe Newbie. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is- That's, this, a, that's, that's very descriptive. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you got to own it. You got to own it. Yeah, no, that's right. It says, uh, I find that often the, quote, tin note of a tobacco doesn't really match the taste of it. Yeah. Uh, is this only me or is there some deep conspiracy to <laughs> make me think I'm going to enjoy a blend only to find out it's not for me and my money was wasted? <laughs> Uh, if if it's not just me, is there a way to tell if a certain smell equals a certain taste? Interesting. Uh, I hope that makes sense. Uh, complete pipe newbie. Yeah, hey, man. Great question. You know, I think this is often really frustrating for new pipe smokers, uh, particularly. I mean, let's be honest. You know, when when we're smoking aromatic tobaccos, you you put your uh, nose in that tin or that jar of tobacco, and you just get this uh, you know sweet. Uh, you know, creamy, you know, fruity smell or whatever smell that uh, that they're they're going for with that, and and so you're so excited, you're like, man, this is gonna taste like a you know like Mama's apple pie or some kind of Slurpee or something, and and, and then you light it, and it's just kind of a you know, it, it's not that it's a bad taste, it's just that it's a it just kind of tastes like sweet tobacco, you know, it doesn't really have necessarily the uh, necessarily the um you know the the flavor that you were anticipating, uh, and, and that that is you know character. I think of a lot of aromatic tobaccos, and so you, you get that. Um, th- there are some aromatics that uh, are closer to the taste uh, of um, of what they're going for than others. You know, and I, you know, it's kind of like. Um, when you we've made this comparison before. When you try flavored coffees, you know you smell mm-hmm. the coffee. They'll have like hazelnut coffee, or um, you know these different kinds of coffee with notes of you know coconut or cinnamon or whatever. And then you actually taste the coffee, and you're just like, well, it just tastes like sweet coffee. You know, it's just like it it, it tastes like coffee. I don't really get any kind of specific thing. It's just there. A lot of pipe tobaccos are like that. Um, but again, there are certain tobaccos that are you can taste those flavors more. Uh, our, on, on our house blends uh, here at the Squire, particularly, you've got things like um, Old Toby, uh, Treasure Island, uh, Blue Ribbon. Uh, those are tobaccos that you tend to, to get some of the flavors that are that are there. Um, you know, but uh, there are a lot of tobaccos that, you know, they, they might smell so good in that can, but uh, when you smoke them, they're just going to be kind of a mellow, uh, sweet flavor. And uh, and so that's part of it. You really just have to try try them out. Uh, once you get to understand, uh, you know, if you ever move into non-aromatic tobaccos, with non-aromatics, you'll tend to find that it's a little more easy to 
to tell just based on the description of the tobacco. So, um, you know, if it's uh, heavy in some kind of certain uh, leaf, whether it be uh, bright leaf or burly or, uh, you know, some oriental uh, leaf, you'll kind of start to get an idea of what that's going to taste like. Um, but with the aromatics, you just kind of, you know, have to try them. It's trial and error. And um, I, I, it's not a conspiracy. It's just uh, just kind of how it is. So That's good, man. I, I, I do like the idea of like a pipe tobacco conspiracy. Maybe we should maybe we should push that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like something's out there, guys. You gotta. It, it, there's a there's like newspaper clippings between um, you know a Stokeby and uh, right and uh, and and Briarworks and you know right. it's, it's all connected. And you're piecing it together. It's and, all connected. And before you know it, you know there's this conspiracy. It's like we want them to think they're smoking, you know, raspberry tobacco, but it's really just. Uh, you know the floor sweepings or something. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, you know, it, that's that's part Wait, of. Wait, I just figured it out. Stoke a B, B, flip it around, lowercase. Looks like it's a D, right? D D D for Dunhill Hill up on a hill, right? Over the hill, older than forty, right? There's a lot of different pipe smokers who are older than forty, right? And and then old Pappy Joe, Pappy Joe, right? Pappy Joe. Pappy Joe is the He's Illum- the center of the whole conspiracy. Pappy Joe is the Illuminati. He's the tobacco <laughs> Illuminati. We figured it out, guys. We figured it out. We're on to you, Pappy Joe. <laughs> and for the record, Pappy, that was John David that called you whole. I did. So, I so did. When, when the emails come in. <laughs> oh, man. Well, great pipe question uh, from the complete pipe newbie. And if you've got a pipe question of the week yeah. for us, uh, be sure to send those in to show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire, Chris Jones. Ow! All right, man. So we got a quick fire question in. So continuing on from Howard L. Oaks. Of course, quick fire questions brought to us by the Ten Society. More on them in just a moment. All right, Howard L. Oaks, finishing him out from last week. All yeah, right. what we got? Ooh, this is good. All right, water sparkling or still? Sparkling. Yeah, we are both. In- I, we are. Dr- we're sitting here tonight <laughs> drinking Lacroix, and, and and I I'm unrepentant. I I, no, yeah, I I'm completely unrepentant. Like I there's something. Okay, I I was a diet coke drinker because because I like the taste of diet coke. That's that's insane. Now you now that that might tell you a lot that's just for a lot of people they're just like that's disgusting i'll never uh, smoke another tobacco that this person blends um but i i love the taste of diet coke i just there's a crispness to it that doesn't coat your throat kind of like the uh just regular you know corn syrup coke um but i've tried to get away from diet cokes and and what's helped me is this sparkling water craze that's going on and so um you know the Lacroix came back out they've been real popular um, and I, I just, I just love. I, I, there's something about that little fizzy. I need the fizzy. Yeah, you know the, the little fizzy bite that's kind of in the back of your throat when you swallow sparkling water. It's just, I just need that little fizzy. I kind of feel like it, it tricks you into thinking that you're like full. You know, I guess because of the air. I started drinking um, sparkling water as a way to get away from drinking more sodas and yeah. more beer, and so yeah. especially when I was going through like my you know uh, you know cut Clint, cut, cut all food cleanse phase, <laughs> yeah. right? What do you call it? The, the twig and twig and leaf phase? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so during that that I kind of got into the the sparkling waters, and then I went deep diving, man. Like we got all kinds of flavor Lacroix, oh, good stuff, then, dude. Pellegrino and get, all this stuff, dude. When you really want to splurge, you get the uh, a Perrier, a Perrier. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, with the glass bottles. Mm. I do that when I'm on vacation. 
I love it. I don't even feel bad. You feel That's like awesome. <laughs> so pretentious. We're being judged so hard somewhere oh, right so now. So bad. So bad. All right, guitars, acoustic or electric? Acoustic. Yep. But you know, I, I'm not a guitar player, but you know, I'd probably lean towards acoustic. So electric is actually easier to play. Yeah. Uh, and so from that standpoint, if I'm playing a guitar, I actually kind of prefer electric. But if I'm listening, I prefer acoustic. Okay. You know, we're down here in Mississippi. It's the home of the blues. You know, guitar is a, you know, old, old string guitar, steel guitar. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I don't even know enough to continue this conversation with you. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, just, I'll just go with acoustic. Just saying it's, it's classic. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, football, college or professional? Uh, college. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nine times out of ten, college. Yeah, I just think there's more passion in the college game. The um, it, it gets more ridiculous. The um, you know the the players uh, are a lot more raw, and the fans are just you know ridiculous and silly, and the grudges are uh, just out of control. I I, I love college football. Yep. Uh, I um. This is the one, Bo, with the end zones. Okay. And, and and where they do yard lines and there's like first downs and stuff. Yeah, th- this yeah. is not the one with the ball bat. Hey, I know what football is. Okay. It's the one where they kick the ball and they make a touchdown and if there's a field goal and there's lines. And so I know what it is. <laughs> My question to you is- There's lines. What's the difference between college and professional? <laughs> well, the, the great, so Green Bay yeah. University- is where the Packers play, and uh, uh, that is, everything is so wrong. The the Mississippi Saints Bulldogs are an abomination. I know that, right? Uh, and right. the Alabama uh, just quit. Yeah, you know. The, here's the sad thing: just I stop. don't know enough to continue the to, joke. To, to continue the joke, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, that's that's it. <laughs> That's the sad thing. Yeah, you know the the Alabama drowning beavers or whatever. Right. Do, do you know there is a minor is league baseball team in Montgomery, uh, Alabama called the Montgomery Biscuits? Is it really? And that that is their like we have the Mississippi Braves here. It's a yeah. it's a minor league team for the Atlanta Braves. Well, in Montgomery, they have a minor league team called the Montgomery Biscuits, and like they. That's a thing. What What is their major league counterpart? I actually don't know. I don't know who they're affiliated with. That's interesting. Because uh, in um, in Memphis, there's the Redbergs, which is the um, yeah, Cardinals. Cardinals. Right, right. And so, like, is there gravy? Is yeah. there one called gravy? There, there, like biscuits there, and gravy? There might be. Or there, jam? There biscuits might be. And, 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 you know, bacon. Ooh, I, oh, I, I want to be on that team. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's talk about something else. Yeah, okay. So that's <laughs> t- hey, let's talk about the Tin Society. Yeah, no, uh, that's right. Of course, that's this right. Uh, this segment, uh, Quick Fire Questions, brought to us by the Tin Society. And if you've not done so already, head over to tinsociety.com and use the code Squire when you do so because you get 20 month, 20% off on your first month's service. What kind of service, you ask? Well, through the Tin Society, you can get uh, hand-selected pipe tobacco sent to your door every single month. You're extending your palate, your knowledge, and your taste buds as you're being able to find out all of these various tobaccos curated with love and care from the tin society yeah i love opening the box you know when that you get from the tin society of course we did a unboxing video uh, not too long ago from them and you know they they send you this uh professionally curated selection of tobaccos but when you open the box you're not left uh, just staring at tobaccos you get uh you know the 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 appeal of uh, opening the the really classy packaging that they've got but there's also occasionally gifts that they put in there uh, and then they've got really good descriptions and reviews of the 
tobaccos right there included. Uh, so you know what you're getting into. You know what you're smoking. You know uh, before you pull uh, the sample out of a certain tobacco, what pipe you might want to pull for it uh, because you've got it seasoned for certain types of tobaccos or that type of thing. Um, it, man, the Tin Society, they just make that so clean and easy and it's fun. It's a it's a really good experience to to open up that box each month and uh, and see what kind of surprises and, and treasures are inside. So uh, check them out, TinSociety.com. Great friends of Country Squire Radio and uh, we're so proud to, to partner with them. Absolutely. And again, use the code SQUIRE when you sign up for 20% off on your first month's service. Your, your thoughts, thoughts, your, your comments. comments. Listener feedback. All right, man, listener feedback. We got some great listener feedback in. Oh, I love this. Doug Owen. Doug, always. Uh, I love hearing from Doug, man. Dude, uh, just a, a wealth of information. Yeah. And uh, so always active on the on the YouTube comment section, especially. Yeah. What, what did Doug have to say? Yeah, Doug, he says, on the clay-lined briar questions from a few episodes yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? He says, uh, I have never seen a clay-lined briar. I think most folks assume clay probably because they're not familiar with the use of meerschaum uh, to, line, to line briar bowls. I, I think Doug's right. Uh, I I remember back in the day, uh, oh, there goes old Doug again, talking about the dinosaur age of pipe smoking. <laughs> about 1975 or so, uh, everybody who was concerned about cigarette smoking and its obvious hazards uh, was switching to pipe smoking. One of the results of the stampede to pipes was that many of those cigarette folks brought um, their cigarette smoking cadence to the pipe, and of course that fast, frantic puffing resulted in mm-hmm. many a red tongue pipe smoker yeah. among the newbies. Wow, this is this is good stuff. Uh, Doug goes on to say, um, at the tinderbox, of course, we tried to educate the converted cigarette smoker on how the pipe was to be smoked uh, with a slow, methodical cadence, uh, but that it didn't, but that. But if that didn't work, the Meersham-lined briar uh, was the next best alternative to hopefully achieve uh, at least a little less heat on the tongue. Um, There were a lot more uh, Meersham-lined briars on the market in those days than probably today because there was a bigger market of converted cigarette smokers out there. Uh, Sorry to go on so long, but the other topic, cube cut tobacco, caught my attention. My very early experience with pipe smoking at the age of 19 was a Meersham-lined gigantic billiard called a Maro Jumbo. Uh, I believe they were made by Kamoy or GBD. Uh, for some reason, the guy at Rich's Cigars and Tobacco Shop in downtown Portland thought I was a candidate for Murray's Aaron Moore, <laughs> and not just any Aaron Moore, but their cube cut. Well, I didn't. I needn't tell you that after filling that Morrow with the Aaron Moore cube cut and struggling to keep it lit for an hour, I was pretty queasy. <laughs> I can only imagine. Uh, luckily, later I learned to smoke more manageable tobacco in a reasonably sized pipe and left the Morrow Jumbo and the Aaron Moore cube cut in my wake. <laughs> keep puffing uh man great doug we love hearing from you man because you're just such a wealth of of knowledge and uh you know just you've been in the business for so long and uh that's so interesting to see uh that you know development you've had uh you know that uh all the cigarette smokers that left that world and came to the pipe and they wanted to bring those habits with them and uh so you tried to break them of that but then uh use the meerschaum as a way to kind of bridge the gap and um yeah that's that's cool man I, I i love that and uh man i cannot believe you know that you would sit there and you know as one of your first uh bowls load up a real big fat bowl with a bunch of cube cut uh tobacco man I, i'm surprised you picked the pipe back up that's that's 
that, that, that that's awesome. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's amazing. Well, thanks so much for that, Doug. We also had in uh, Papa Kraus on iTunes, writes in, he says, this is the podcast you are looking for. A great podcast all around, very professional with wonderful personality. Do yourself a favor and give them a listen. Join the club as well. Subscribe Ooh. to the Country Squire mailing list. Just do it all. <laughs> it says, even their quote, brought to you by advertising is useful and relevant. Uh, man, Papa Cross, that is high praise, sir. Yeah, Thank you very much. It is. Thank you so much, brother. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're always glad to get that. You know, I, you know, I, we do try to with, um, you know, the sponsors that, that help make the show happen. You know, I, I like to tell people we, we don't so much advertise as we endorse. We wouldn't actually have anybody. Uh, you know, we, we're uh, honored. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. You know? Honored yeah. to have the sponsors that we have. But, you know, it's it's not like just anybody can sponsor yeah. this show. No, like that's it's, right. We endorse these guys. Absolutely. Yeah, we so do. we're really thankful for folks like the Tin Society and uh, Missouri Mearsham. They um, they they make really high quality products. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and hey, you know, Papa Krauss, thanks so much for heading over to iTunes and writing us a review. You too, dear listener, can be like, I'm doing this dear listener thing these last couple episodes. <laughs> I don't know if it'll stick or not. But uh, we, we hope that you'll uh, consider heading over to iTunes and writing us a review. Um, and hey, do as Papa Krauss says, join the Pipe Club as well. That's right. Head over to patreon.com slash countrysquireradio to find out how you can help support this show by becoming a patron or becoming a full-fledged club member. All the details are there at patreon.com slash countrysquireradio. Uh, you can also find links to that at countrysquireradio.com. You can also keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow me. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore countrysquire. Of course, you can follow the show as well at Squire Radio, but all that information and more can be found at Country Squire Radio, including links to the show of our special guest. So, shouts out again to uh, to Mike for coming on this episode. Had yeah. a great conversation with him, and uh, and you know, if you've not checked out his show, we'll have links, direct links to uh, to his stuff in this episode in the show notes for this episode. Uh, so, yeah, so check him out. Be sure to do it. Uh, and you know, I think that's. Pretty much it. Normally, I think that's it. You know, I, I we normally close out by always giving like the you know tune in live, and I, I missed the live show, man. No, we need to we we, we got to hurry up and get it back because it's uh I, I feel like we're going to withdrawal. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody is, and, and people all over the country are trying to figure out what they're going to do with their Monday nights because they uh you know can't curl up on the couch with their uh with their kids and watch these two idiots from Mississippi talk about uh talk about pipe tobacco. They play Sea of Thieves with us. Join the Squire Scallywags. I know. Yeah. Well, there is that. Sail the seven seas. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Let's go. Have a night. See you, brother. You've been listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.